So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast, everyone. We've got a great show for you this evening. Uh, we are talking a little pretender or contender. How does your team look? And, and how do you spot if you're on one end of that spectrum or the other in the moves you should be making if you're a contender or moves maybe you should be making if you're a pretender at this point? And uh, we'll also talk about some of those undervalued players that maybe you should be going after to maybe improve your team for the second half of this fantasy season. But before we get into that, I got to say hi to my co-host. How are you doing, sir? Hi, hi Dustin. <laughs> I'm doing good because, uh, you know, we've got we've got beer on hand and we've got football still happening. That's a thing mm-hmm. that has continued for going into eight weeks in case anybody was keeping track. And the fact that we're already going into week eight kind of makes me sad because it's like we're almost halfway through the football season already. And that's <laughs> unbelievable Dustin. that we've made it that far. Because it just felt like it started yesterday. Don't I know, but don't say it. <laughs> we can't dwell already here in week. Oh, no. we've, got, we've got so much more on There's, tap. You absolutely. Know? I, I like I like that pun intended there on tap for the drinking and talking fantasy football podcast. Do you see what you did there? That was an accidental pun. I think I've become nice. the king of accidental puns, and I'm accepting the crown. Nice. <laughs> I just gave it to myself. <laughs> you didn't even give it to me. I gave it to me by it's it's to me by me, and I'm okay with it. For you. <laughs> it's great. So before we get into uh, our episode this evening, we need to talk about what we're drinking. And I picked out this beer again this week. Um sure did. this is from Lake Louie from Arena, Wisconsin. Nice local brewery here. Um always do great beers there at Lake Louie. Uh this is called Pop. 834 for the population of Arena, Wisconsin, I, I'm guessing. Is that what that stands for? Uh, uh, what a what a tiny little location, Arena. Yes. Or maybe that's like the original lo- uh, population of when it started, when Lake Louis started or something. I don't know. It could be. You're probably um, right. So, yeah, this is just a your typical pale ale, American pale ale, nothing too uh, overly hoppy. Justin, I'm, I was scared, though. You say it's not too hoppy, but it says right on the can above the logo, a truck ton of hops, and that scared me. I haven't it, drank it yet. It says but that, it but it, I mean, there's, there's hops mean it? to it, but it's not It's not that. It's not a IPA, for God's sakes. It's just a pale ale. For God's sakes. It's just a regular old pale ale. Uh, uh, I, mm, You know, that. I'll take the word of Tom Porter, who is the founder of this. He's on the can. So you tell me what you think, Jake, before I get into this here. All right. Yeah, I had my first taste. The truckload of hops, I think, was an overstatement on the can there. It tastes actually, honestly, it tastes more malty than hoppy to me. Is that, yeah, is that it's a reasonable got a nice, reaction? It's got a nice little uh, floral from the hops, a little floral flavor. Um, How I about enjoy. that mouthfeel? Dynamite mouthfeel. Am I right? Yeah. Very drinkable, very easy drinking beer. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. Coming in at 5.6%. Um, you know, you could sling back a handful of these and still feel good. Yeah. As you always say, it's a crushable beer. 
yeah. this is definitely a crushable beer. Now, I don't know. Like, I always like to read the descriptions on the beer without mm-hmm. actually knowing what half of it means. Like, okay. it goes into all of the different hops. It's got magnum hops, which sounds, I mean, a little that, dirty. I'm not going to Well, lie. no, that, that's your bittering hop. That's what gives you your bitterness. Oh, okay. Okay, let's keep going down the list. And you can describe this. The Cascade hop. Mm-hmm. Cascade. That's probably... It's not, you can use it for bittering, but that's probably more for the aroma. Ooh, okay. And it, it does have a nice aroma. I'll give it that. And then Amarillo hop or yeah, Amarillo and that, that's hop. For Amarillo. Yeah. And that's yeah. for flavoring as well. Oh, okay. Well, that's not as exciting as yeah. I thought. It's just kind of what they're supposed to be. <laughs> that, and that is your t- ton of hops. I appreciate the educational moment that we had sponsored by Lake Louis Brewing. The more you know. Boom, boom, boom. Before we get into the, the dirty business that I have to do here, I do want to get ahead of this and say, we have no drunk trade this week. And it makes Boo. me so extravagantly on, sad. I know. So listeners, please, 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 please send us your drunk trades. I don't care how recent they are. I don't care mm-hmm. if you were actually involved in them directly or if you just witnessed it secondhand. Send them things into at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter or at Jake Trowbridge, or at FF Dusty Dog. Just get them to us. We want to we talk about them. Yes, we do. It sure and it is. makes me sad. You want to make me sad? Do you want to make Jake cry? Because that's basically <laughs> what's going to happen here. I'll uh, do Jake's it! I'm going to start crying because we don't have a drunk trade uh, for the second week in a row. No, we had one oh, last no, week. Last it was week. just week it, it was an old school one. Well, the, wasn't we the week before we didn't have one? No, I we've had like some. Yeah. There was definitely one within the last month and a half where we didn't okay. have one. But all right, fair enough. We should have more. We should we always. Should. We should have two every episode. Quite frankly, we really should. The best part. Well, maybe so. I'll, if if our listeners don't step up, maybe I'll have to work at doing a drunk trade here over the next week. All right, so Jake, you do have a bet to pay off this week. Finally, um, as as I said last week, it's it's like your fantasy team. It's it's rising from the ashes. I'm, I'm going to get some victories here. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the bet was Matt Ryan, who was your start of the week. Yep, going against Tua and the Dolphins last week. So and this was just straight up fantasy PPR points. That's right. So Matt Ryan had 18.44, and Tua crushed him with 28.54. Tua Tagovailoa was the number one quarterback last week in all of fantasy football. That's impressive. That is impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, respectable numbers, reasonable oh, numbers. Certainly not start of the week numbers that I was hoping for there. I think he was like QB 13 or something. He's yeah. like... <laughs> Uh, not what I was hoping. Yeah, I was hoping for it. But, sir, you earned this. It's been a long time coming. I want you to relish this. I want you to cherish this moment because, Dustin Lunt, you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers to you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. I went with a... A nice shot of Jameson as I'm trying to get rid of this bottle. I have just this little lingering <laughs> guy at, at the bottom here. Uh, Maybe by the end of the episode. Who knows? Hey, I like that. Well, let's move into the meat of the episode. But before we do, I would be remiss if I did not take the opportunity 
to talk about poor Richard's 100% grass-fed beef snack sticks. Poor Richard's Farm. You know them. You love them. If you don't know them, you will love them once you get to know them. They have all natural ingredients, no fillers, no artificial preservatives. Their beef sticks are just dynamite. I can't say enough of how good these are. Dustin, I know you got another batch coming to you. I don't know if they've arrived yet. Oh, they um, arrived, and I've been chowing down on them. They are so freaking good. So You got to do the thing where you put them in the Bloody Mary, maybe for mm-hmm. this weekend. I'm just saying. Oh, yes. Right? When we've got all the red zone action going on. Yeah, because we've got the Thursday night football game for the Packers, which we'll talk about in a little bit here, I'm sure. But Poor Richard's Farm Beef Sticks, they use real hardwood chips, come in a variety of flavors, barbecue hickory, teriyaki maple, our favorite, Tex-Mex Mesquite, and the OG original flavor, of course. Head on over to poorrichardsfarm.com today. You get free shipping if you buy three or more packs of these things. And I've said it a million times, you're going to want more than three packs. So while you were uh, doing the ad read there, Jake, I decided, you know what? We should start holding ourselves accountable here with our start of the week uh, at at every episode moving forward. Um, Because it's like, you know, why not? You know, what's the point of the start of the week? If we don't, if we don't revisit it and and say, did we did we hit or did we not? So you already said you did not hit uh, with Matt Ryan. So I was looking up um, mine and I have to tell you, I'm still scrolling I had to go past um, the top oh, 50 no. for mine. Because I uh, remember who yours was last week. Oh, and he's just not had a season. No. Alan he, Robinson. Yep. Came in at number 68. Tied for 68. Oh, God. Uh, what? 3.6 fantasy points. Oof. Speaking Woof. of that. So, well, you know, this is a good transition, I think, into our main segment, which, of course, we're talking about contender, pretender, Moves you should be making accordingly. We're going to focus on some sort of under-the-radar guys that you can go out and try to acquire. Dare I ask, is Allen Robinson going to find himself on this list, or is he done so? Oh, I just... He's going to be off, off my radar for now uh, until we see better things out of that Chicago offense. Because like, Justin Fields is just not... He's not going to hit as a rookie right now. Like, Let's just be honest. Not all rookie QBs hit. He's going to need a year or two to and get away from Matt Nagy uh, for for things to turn around for him, uh, especially this year. I mean, this is just a lost year uh, for that whole team with Montgomery being out, although Khalil Herbert has looked really good. Uh, but the rest of that offense is just they don't know what they're doing with fields right now, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. So I just don't. Uh, I, I pass. Hard His pass. best outlook, and I, I threw up uh, a list of, you know, because the NFL trade deadline is coming up here soon. Within well, I thought you said time. you were going to throw up in your mouth just thinking about Allen Robinson. I already did. <laughs> I have so many times. <laughs> but I threw up a list on Twitter of, you know, potential, my, my sort of dream trades mm-hmm. that would go down before the deadline. And one of those, it's basically just getting Allen Robinson out of town. I'm like, go send him off to the Giants cut the bottom half of their depth chart for wide receivers, basically put him in there. Galladay when he's healthy, Shepard, Tony, you know, let that force him just kind of thrive. 
why while I think that would be good for for that offense, I feel like mm-hmm. he would go there and get injured because all the wide receivers have gotten injured this year. So, <laughs> I mean, which well, isn't much different than how he's been playing. He's basically been scoring zero points. So, would it really make a difference? Thing. At least you'd know when he's injured, you don't play him whatsoever. <laughs> this is true. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a very sad situation because I've been a big Allen Robinson fan um for years and i think a lot of people have because he's just so underrated always producing we said he's basically quarterback proof apparently that's not the case because he is not producing this year which is really it's just really odd it's a really odd situation uh just all thinking that he's lost a step potentially no and i I just think it's coaching i think Mm -hmm. i think it's a mixture of the coaching and just kind of being done with a place you've seen that right. happen from guys like Odell Beckham, for example, mm-hmm. like I think Allen Robinson has just reached his threshold, his breaking point with this yep. team right now. I would agree. I would agree. All right. So let's, let's get into it, Jake, shall we? Heck yeah, man. So Jake, let me throw this out to you. When you're evaluating your, your teams, whether it be redraft or dynasty, I mean, let's be honest when you're in season, it's all basically, redraft mode anyway you're making your week-to-week you know, lineups and and trying to make trades to win this current season so how do you evaluate when you're looking at your teams whether you are a contender or a pretender like how how do you go about saying all right i, I have a legitimate shot at, at making the playoffs and winning the championship this year in the simplest terms without getting into anything too fancy i look at my team we're sitting after seven weeks i look at my record on that team. And I asked myself, honestly, how lucky was I to get to whatever the record happens to be, whether good luck or bad luck. So if I'm sitting there at five and two, but I know that I scraped and clawed my way to get to five and two with an underachieving group, you know, maybe I just narrowly beat everybody that I played Mm -hmm. and they, I happen to always play the lowest score out of the league every week, something like that. Or everybody else was dealing with injuries, but I haven't had any injuries. I've just had a group of mediocre guys who've all been healthy for my starts, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And it can go the other way. I'm two and five, but I've been crushed by injuries Mm -hmm. or these guys who are randomly getting their, their season lows, and the worst possible matchups for me, these players. And, and that's, it's just a lot of looking back through your previous week's matchups and being honest with yourself mm-hmm. and looking at that team and going, can this really get me over the hump? Or should this get me over the hump? And hey, if, if I can get into the playoffs, I'm always a guy who's going to err on that side of things. So even if I can just eke my way into the playoffs, anything can happen. So I'm comfortable knowing if I can get in there, I'm going full steam ahead with this team. Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's that's really all it takes. Is I mean, you hear it every season. It happened to me a couple years ago with a team where I snuck into the playoffs, either like the five or six seed, super low, ended up pulling it out and winning uh, just because my team caught fire in the playoffs. Like I had a solid squad, but they caught fire in the playoffs. I got lucky with some matchups where, like you said, other teams didn't perform. So really that's what it's all about, getting to the playoffs, uh, cause you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I do the same thing. Like you, you really have to have that honest conversation with yourself. I mean, we all love to love our rosters and say, Oh no, I love these players. They're perfect. Like my, my squad is perfect on paper. 
is it though really like you really do have to be honest with yourself um mm-hmm. you, i suppose you don't have to if you like to throw away your money every year uh <laughs> to have a team that that, you that like you to don't, be blissful yeah you know that's fine uh fantasy you know as we say it should be fun for yourself no matter what you know have fun first and foremost but yeah you have to have that honest conversation and see where your team's at you know one you know i I, a lot of the things that you said i like to do too um especially looking at one injuries that that plays such a big part you know if you have if you have a lot of players you know you're bitten by the injury bug whether they're on injured reserve for the entire year you know maybe at that point you're like well I'm not going to compete this year. Maybe, you know, especially in, in dynasty, sell off some of my older assets to try to get younger, keep some of those younger core pieces around. But also if it's not, you know, injured reserve for the rest of the season, can you eke by, by making some small moves to try to eke out a few more wins until those players can come back and be, yeah, again, you have to be realistic about that. Can't, can you actually do that? Is that feasible? And then it's and just, it's probably de- position dependent. That part of mm-hmm. it a little bit too, right? Like if you're really desperate for running backs, because everybody is, if you can get that waiver waiver pickup that's good for one week, a Devonte Booker that's just a mm-hmm. fill in for an injured Saquon, and he gets you a week, that could very well be enough for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's one thing. I I mean I really like to do is just, I, yeah, the record is part of it, but it's also like you said, how have you won? If, if you've been winning, how have you won? You know, it, it, have you gotten lucky? Have your players just been going, you know, with the bye week this last week is a great example. So many people on bye. Did you have, you know, someone on your bench go off like Russell Gage? You know, he had an incredible week where he scored like, I think almost 17 points. Well, he hasn't done that all season. Is that a fluky thing that you just got lucky because you had to play him because it was bye week or, mm-hmm. or is it just, something else you know so yeah having that honest conversation and really looking at that the other thing too is like you said if if you're having a losing record have you best been getting steam steamrolled by guys that have just gotten high scores every single week uh i mean that happened in our home league a couple what three years ago uh with with one of the guys in our league he sure did poor andy i know he had the high highest score like total points on the season, but only had something like what three wins on the season or something. <laughs> it was the most atrocious thing because I've ever it was seen. literally every single week teams playing against him got the high, like the high score of the week. It was yeah the the worst run of luck I think I've ever seen in my life. So I mean, at there's just some of those things you just can't do anything about. But you know, it comes back to having that just honest conversation about your team and where you're actually standing. Now, I don't know about you, Jake. Uh, the platform I use the most is MFL. I, I can't say I'm super familiar with Sleeper or I know uh, we use ESPN for our home league and I don't get too much into like the uh, kind of added added features on ESPN. The frills of yeah. ESPN, but if there know, are any. But I know for MFL, they have a great tool for you to use um, for it brings up your power rank. And so basically what this tool does, and it's, it's out there, you know, for anyone that has MFL, it's, it's access it for every team you have. Uh, and you can do it by week. And basically what it tells you is based on different metrics, 
how well your team is actually doing. And it takes into account things like your total win-loss record, your uh, points that you've scored so far in the season, your potential points. You, you know, Had you put in your perfect roster every single week, how many points could you have scored? And then what that efficiency is. Uh, it tells you how many games you could have won by making a better uh, lineup decision or how many you could have lost by making a different lineup decision. And then it tells you uh, the big thing that I really like to look at is the all play record. So it tells you on every single week, how many games, you know, what, what you would have done against the rest of the league on any single given week. And it tells you what that winning percentage is. Now, ideally you want to be in that upper half to upper third uh, of the, of the uh, power ranking because you could have a, a really good record, like in my one league, because I have it pulled up just for, for reference here. There is a team that is six and one in my league right now that is eighth overall in his in their power rank. So Those lucky bastards. That, I mean, basically that's it. Like they've been either playing teams that have been doing very poorly or um just had high scores that week for whatever reason. So uh so that, that I really like to look at that to really, if, if you're struggling to try to figure out if your team really is contending or pretending, this is really a good tool to use that, that can kind of give you a little bit more insight. So if you're on that upper, like I said, upper half, upper third, where you're at least in the hunt for the playoffs and it's showing that you're doing better than a majority of the league. Yeah. You're probably a contender at that point. And again, if you make it to the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's the thing. And I don't know how you feel about this. I really want to harp on this notion, though. If you can get into the playoffs and you believe you have an honest shot, I'm always, like I said, I err on that side. I'm always going to try and get to the playoffs if I have Mm -hmm. a reasonable shot at it. I play fantasy football to win. I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. to have fun. You play to win the game. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) right. You know, there's a time and a place for rebuilds with dynasty teams, of course, as we're talking about here. And you do have to know when to fold them. As a very wise man once said, you know when to fold them and when to fold them. Uh, All the best people in life have the last name Rogers. What's with that, by the way? It's true. It just seems like a trend. I don't know. Somebody should do a study. But it's just, you know, these people who are constantly forcing themselves into rebuilding mode three weeks into the season because they start off all in three mm-hmm. and they just say, screw it. I'm throwing in the cards. I'm folding everything. There's always next year. That's not fun to me. You know, I like to rebuild teams, but I only like to rebuild them so that they are quality enough to be competing. So if you think you are on the fringe, my advice is always to try and push forward, make smart moves hopefully by, you know, going out and acquiring some of these guys that we're going to talk about here shortly. And again, another thing just just to think about, and I kind of alluded to it before, whether you have players on IR that are short-term, um, you know, can you survive that? Is this, is this a player that's going to help? Like right now in our home league, I have Christian McCaffrey. He's on IR. I'm just hoping to get through with my limited <laughs> running backs I have on my team. Uh until he comes back and I hope he comes back healthy. Uh, can you survive that? Do you have to make a trade to get you through? Or like you said earlier, Jake, you know, scour the waiver wire. Do you, are you able to do that to kind of limp through until those players come back or conversely, can you go up, maybe trade for those players? 
can you offer up someone uh, that that needs points, that needs players on their team, and can you can you take on that risk for someone being on IR for a few weeks, three or four weeks? Can you take that zero, maybe give up some points at a different position, say wide receiver, because you know this other team needs those points? Can you do that and make your team better in the long run for that playoff push? That's always something I like to look at too, um, especially when it comes to dynasty uh, in a dynasty focus. You know, it, it, especially with players that are on IR for the entire season. Uh, like I made moves. Um, all off season for either Debo or Cortland Sutton, knowing that Humble they were on brag. IR, knowing that they were on IR um, <laughs> and that people didn't want to take the zero for those points. So those, those, those were guys I was actively trying to, to go after at this point in the season when, when teams are really starting to look for that playoff push and, and getting those points. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, Jake? I think it's one of the smartest moves that you can do at the risk of applauding you for being smart. Uh, I really do think that when you're in dynasty leagues and you get to this point in the season, if you are out uh, and you're just saying I'm out, that's a method to do that. And also, as you said, though, if you can handle losing another player and then getting that injured guy on your, your roster to boot, do it. There's two different ways to do that. If you're out for the season and there's this guy who's going to be injured for eight, 10 weeks, whatever, even a few weeks, and you can go get them on the cheap, do that. If you are in a spot where you don't, you have crazy depth and you're like, well, I can handle having this dude on my bench injured for a few weeks. Do that too. I guess my point is go trade for injured players right now. It's one of the few genuine edges that I think are left out there. You know, the, the buy lows, the sell highs, et cetera. Sure, sure. Get injured dudes. Nobody wants an injured dude. Uh, we got a question in the chat here. So, Jake, would you pick up Khalil Herbert or Javante Williams from the waivers? I'm going to be going against whichever I don't choose. So who would you rather have in the oh, verses? Oh, Wow. Oh, that's why. Oh, right. Because they, uh, Tampa Bay and Chicago, play each other this week here. This is an amazing question. If last week hadn't happened, uh, oh, not Tampa Bay. I'm so sorry. I was thinking of Khalil Herbert's uh, amazing performance against Tampa Bay last week, but Denver and Chicago playing each other this week. Without his performance against Tampa Bay, though, I would have said, eh, sit Khalil Herbert. Like, don't risk this dude. He was the truth last week. Against a staunch run defense, Khalil Herbert put up 100 yards, made it look borderline effortless. He's the guy. Damian Williams is not a factor right now, even coming back last week. Meanwhile, Javante Williams does have a true split still with Melvin Gordon, I think. So I would go with Herbert. Yeah, I would go with Herbert as well. Just for reference here, uh, the Broncos have the ninth best defense against the run and the Bears are tied for 11th. Uh, So both have very good run defenses. But yeah, I would go with Khalil Herbert just because he's got the bulk of the workload, like you said, uh, and and just a higher upside, especially since he's the lone bright spot on that Bears offense right now. Uh, And you (laughs) would think that would just allow, you know, defenses to cue in on him. But He's going to he's going to run the ball and then, you know, Fields is going to end up having to dump it off a bunch because their offensive line is is hot garbage. So 
it, uh, the chances of him picking up a bunch of PPR receptions is really good as well. Where, like you said, with, with Melvin Gordon, it's going to be a split. There's no guarantees. I like the upside more for for this week, just for Herbert. Hey, we agreed. Yay. Look at us not yeah. splitting down the middle for once. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the question, Matt. We appreciate it. Uh, uh, speaking of, this is a good transition, I think, into our spot of talking about underachieving players to maybe mm-hmm. go out and try and acquire here. Because David Montgomery... If you're in a situation right now, we were just talking about guys who are injured. You should be going out and trying to get them if you can. If you're sitting okay, say you're four and three right now, and you need a little bit of help at at running back, but you can make do until he comes back. Is David Montgomery a guy that you're going out and trying to get? Or does Khalil Herbert being there and being good all of a sudden temper that for you? It tempers it a little bit for me, uh, but I think Montgomery is going to be the dude uh, whenever he comes back healthy. But I do think having Herbert there, like they didn't have a second running back. We were all hoping Tariq Cohen would come come back this season, which I don't know. Is he still alive? I haven't heard anything about him. Hopefully he's okay, because literally there's been zero news about him. Uh, and I was really hopeful he would come back and return to form this season. And then with... Um, is it Daryl Williams is on the squad? Damian. Damian, Damian Williams. I think it was there. one of the D Williams. I can never keep them straight. There's uh, too many D Williams is, is, is. There is, is, is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he hasn't done anything. I think people were a little concerned that that he would eat into this workload or become the lead back. But obviously Herbert is very talented. Uh, he's He's proved it here. Um, over these last couple of weeks. So I think he's going to have a role in the offense, but I still think Montgomery is going to get the bulk of the carries, at least for the rest of this season. Then maybe they move on from Montgomery after the season's over, uh, instead of maybe paying him a, a contract extension. I think he's due for a contract extension after this year, or maybe it's the year after. I don't recall. Yeah, he'd be um, going into his fourth year coming up here, I believe. Yeah, so he may be on the last year of his contract, but I think they're going to want to, um, depending on... Anyway, I think you can still go after him, but just temper your expectations a little bit because I think Herbert will still have a role in this offense. Fair. More, <clears throat> maybe more redraft-centric going for Montgomery than yes. dynasty-centric going for Absolutely. Montgomery. Yeah. Absolutely. I would still go after Montgomery for dynasty purposes, because even if he's not with the Bears, he's going to get signed somewhere else. He showed this season when he was healthy that he can be a lead back and he is good. Not like we saw that first year out of him. So I I think regardless, Montgomery is a good buy, but I just temper your expectations a little bit when he comes back for this year. Fair enough. Do we want to chat about some other other folks who might be of interest to people who uh, have flown under the radar to this point, but can turn around the second half of the season? Sure. Let's do it. (laughs) Well, Dustin, as we've been talking, I had one that popped up off the top of my head. If you don't mind me throwing a name out here. I don't mind. Please do. To get things rolling. Um, everybody is enamored with Jamar Chase, as they should be. As you should be. Jamar Chase. He's a man. 
anybody who faded him looked like an absolute clown show. And hey, right here, man, I was like, <laughs> get the cheapest option in your redraft league of these Bengals receivers and you'll be happy. Well, if you took that advice and you went with Tyler Boyd instead of Jamar Chase, you are not super happy right now. No, uh, you are not. Jamar Chase has, has just been dynamite. I mean, he's on pace to break all these records. He's already broken some, not just rookie records, but all around receiving records. And so he's great. But mm -hmm. there's another guy lurking in the shadows here that I don't think is getting enough credit right now, and that's T. Higgins. T. Higgins, uh, he he's dealt a little bit with some injuries here this, this season already. He hasn't been hyper-targeted. He hasn't been super efficient. Not to the level Jamar Chase has been so far. But mm -hmm. Bengals offense as a whole has been really good. Much better than I thought it would be. And he is getting targets when he's out there on the field. So since week two, he hasn't had fewer than six targets in any game that he's played. He just had 15 targets here in week seven. Oh, the production is going to come. It's not matching up right now with the looks that he's getting from Burrow, but it's going to come, right? You know, when you look at the stats, you've got, I'll just, I'll just read off the targets to date. You got Jamar Chase with 51, Tyler Boyd with 45, and T. Higgins with 43. As you said, he missed two games. So he's got essentially the same number of targets as Tyler Boyd in two less games. So like you said, he's getting the targets. The production is going to come eventually. He's got more touchdowns than Tyler Boyd. He's only eight points behind him for fantasy points. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think he can come on now that he's back and hopefully healthy for the rest of the season. I think, and we saw it last year, like he was a stud last year. And, and I think everyone was thinking he was going to be basically in the Jamar chase role that we're seeing this year, he was going to be that stud alpha wide receiver. Uh, instead, the Bengals went out and drafted Jamar chase, which has been highly entertaining, but that talent is still there. And yes, T Higgins will come around. So yeah, I, I like it. I think he is being undervalued at this point. And if someone's just looking at fantasy points and they're saying, Oh, he's like, I don't have that pulled up right now, but he's like wide receiver, like, 62 or something right now overall in the season you can use that point to to kind of like you said swindle a trade partner a little bit and just point out well, no he's wide receiver 62 he's not doing anything he's not going to help your team down the stretch here and just confirmed he is wide receiver 51 but anybody outside the top 40 for <laughs> wide receiver falls into the same bucket in my opinion now counterpoint <laughs> just do that. Tyler Boyd is wide receiver 42 currently. Mm -hmm. I'm not going out and trading for Tyler Boyd. Same offense. It's not the same process for me mm -hmm. at all. No. I mean, if you want to try to trade him away and you can use the point like, hey, he's the number two option on this team right now. He's he's higher than T Higgins. He's getting, you know, he has more targets and try to maybe, you know, put a little shine on the piece of poop. Um, so to speak, to try to get rid of them. Called the you know, shit poop. I use that. I use that uh, same quote earlier this evening. Uh, mm. uh, Mind talking, meld. Talking to my wife. So yeah, that's great. 
<laughs> if you haven't used that at least once talking to your wife, what are you even doing? <laughs> the romance is clearly fizzled if you don't bring that up routinely. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but are there other names? So, all right. So we're pro T Higgins. We're anti Tyler Boyd for the sake of this. Are there some other guys out there who folks can go try and pick up or trade for? I mean, other than the obvious, like AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, cause they've been injured. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, those, those are the obvious ones. Cause I don't, I don't think you could get them at a, any sort of discount right now because the, the GMs that have them on their team, they drafted them that high because they are studs. So I, I don't think getting those players is really going to do anything for you or you're able to get them. But looking at some of the other players here, um, oh, boy, there's none that are really poking out as far as wide receivers go. Um, there, I, I'm interested and, and I could be a fool here for thinking that you could even acquire him at a reasonable price right now. But Rashad Bateman stuck out to me because he's another guy who was injured to start the year. He's mm-hmm. only played a couple of games. But in the two games that he's been back for in Baltimore, he's looked good and he's getting looks from Lamar Jackson. He's got six targets in both of his last couple of games. I know it's tough to trust a wide receiver there. Marquise Hollywood Brown has looked incredible there. But I think that especially for if you're cashing in your chips on this year, or you're cashing out, I should say, for this year, and you're saying, nope, I can't compete this year, I think going out to get him in Dynasty Leagues makes a whole lot of sense right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Although he is one of those guys that was kind of at that one uh, end of the first round turn. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you will have to pay for him because I don't think players or uh, Dynasty GMs would be willing to give up that kind of draft capital uh, for nothing at this point. So oh, you sure. still may have to pay, you know, full price for him. But yeah, I, I like that as a as a good buy. Now, one player I was looking at here, excuse me, is Jacoby Myers. Right now, he's currently wide receiver thirty two on the season. Um, I think, you know, he, his big thing right now is he doesn't score touchdowns. Not a single one. Not a single one. I, you know, when I'm looking at this, and I was looking like, okay, do you know? Say he got two touchdowns, which is kind of average we'll say for sure. a wide receiver he would be all the way up at wide receiver 23 just by adding two touchdowns on the season so he is getting targets he's getting you know he's getting the receptions he's getting the yards he just hasn't been able to convert that into touchdowns so i think if you are looking for someone that has some upside because i have to imagine at some point the dam is going to break and he's going to be able to score some touchdowns here that I think this is a guy that you could go after uh, and he's producing that wide receiver three numbers right now. So it's not like he's useless. You can have him in your lineup every single week need be, but if he starts popping and starts getting some of those touchdowns, he could start producing at a wide receiver two level at a weekend and week out that you're going to get relatively cheap. I like that because it's a, it's somebody that you're basically getting at their floor, mm-hmm. right? Without that touchdown upside. But Jacoby Myers is the weirdest. When I hear that name, it's so unappealing. Like the idea of a Jacoby Myers has 
<laughs> and it's the same with last year. You know, mm-hmm. he was reasonably good last year too. And it's just like, every time I'm just like, I don't know, do I want a Jacoby Myers on my team? Like he just seems like the most mediocre until you dig into it like this. And you're like, well, no, he's, he's actually been, he's been good. Um, and, and I do think that, yeah, he's bound to eventually get a touchdown. The dude hasn't had one since like, the sixth grade apparently but it's bound to finally happen here as mac jones gets more comfortable so i love that i believe i believe yeah all right i'm gonna switch positions on you here jake (gasps) that's That's what what she she said said. (laughs) you Uh, have to wait for (laughs) me to say it (laughs) i i wasn't sure if you're gonna you know take the bait or not so anyway going to tight ends because that's that's everyone's favorite position to talk about. Sure. What are your thoughts on Dallas Goddard moving forward? Right now, he's currently at tight end 14. I know that offense hasn't looked great, but they just got rid of Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Boy, uh, he should be good. He should be. We've wanted it for so long for him to be a focal point in Philadelphia. And like you said, Zach Ertz was always kind of in the way. They could mm-hmm. not coexist there for fantasy purposes the way that we wanted. And now Zach Ertz is gone. And I know that, and I can rationalize all of that, and I can logically understand it. But I saw somebody put it on Twitter this way. And I apologize because I don't recall who it was. I do want to give credit. I'll try and track down the tweet later. But... They said, basically, isn't Dallas Goddard the Joe Mixon of tight end? Like, we really want them to be good. We think that they should be good, but they keep letting us down over and over and over again. False. No? Well, no, because I don't want Joe Mixon to be good. I don't like him, So, but I actually (laughs) like Dallas Goddard, so I want him to be good. (laughs) Okay, I was using the royal we here, Dustin, not meaning you necessarily. Uh, But to your point, that is the type of player, maybe Joe Mixon aside for you, where you should be going out to target because everybody maybe has that weight of, Mm -hmm. I'm tired of waiting for Dallas Goddard, and it's not happening. And even last week in what should have been a smash spot without Mm -hmm. Zach Ertz there, like he disappointed a lot of people. And that disappointment is probably what you should be taking advantage of. So in my head, I know that, yes, you should be trying to trade for Dallas Goddard, especially because the tight end group is so just gross. And here's a guy with a clear path to targets. Uh, but in my heart, <laughs> I'm probably the guy who would trade him away. Um, so it's a it's a real head and heart conundrum there. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about C.J. Uzoma for the rest Uzoma! of the season? Look, if anybody actually bought high on a, a tight ends that performed really well for one week, he would be off your roster immediately. But that's not a thing that ever happens. People say trade this guy away because he just had a blow-up game. Nobody actually goes and trades for that guy with one blow-up game as a tight end because we're too smart. Mm-hmm. Now, with, uh, with the risk of spraining my elbow here, patting myself on the back, I did call Uzama a really good start last week. But he's not a guy that I believe has consistent enough production because mm-hmm. tight end Especially is not where Joe Burrow looks. Yeah, exactly. We just talked about Jamar Chase, how mm-hmm. amazing he is. T. Higgins, how he is getting peppered with targets. There's not enough room for Uzama, I don't think, 
for Joe Burrow to, you know, make him a, a relevant guy every week. So I, if you can trade him away, go for it. Okay. As I'm looking at the tight end list here, there's not really anyone else tight end wise that really looks interesting. Maybe, yeah. maybe our boy, big Bob Tanyan currently sitting at tight end 23, but I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, I, again, he's kind of in that Uzoma territory where it's like, he may have us pop game here or there, mm. but with the way, I mean, and maybe this week is going to be a good start for him. Let's put it that way. Since Devante and Lazard are both going to be out, but so maybe, maybe this week is a good week to start him. Cause they need some sort of pass catcher. But yep. I think for the rest of the season, what we've seen so far is probably what we're going to get out of him. I think last year was kind of an outlier for whatever reason. He caught all the touchdowns. Uh, and, and, you know, with Randall Cobb coming back this year, that just siphons away those more intermediary targets for him. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? No, I, I was the biggest, uh, not the biggest. I, I was in on Robert Tunyon. Like I liked him as like a bottom of the top 12, (laughs) which again, doesn't mean a lot. Uh, We knew regression was going to happen with him. Cause like you said, the touchdowns were so outrageous. One thing I do want to point out, he's had a tough task Um, with the disheveled offensive line that green Bay's had, you know, Bakhtiari has been out. They've been Mm -hmm. dealing with injuries on that line quite a bit. And now Josh Myers is out so many dudes. He's been blocking a lot more than he did last year, and I think that's been a detriment to his fantasy value. I thought once Bakhtiari finally came back, that would open things up for him, which could happen, hopefully, fingers crossed, anytime soon. Uh, and and maybe when the offensive line gets right, Tunyon gets back to being consistently usable. But until mm-hmm. that, I don't think he is, aside from, spoiler alert, this week, and I'm going to talk about that a little later. Okay. Ooh. Well, let's leave it at that then. The anticipation, it's killing us. All right. Let's let's move. Let's move quarterbacks. How about that? How does that tickle your funny bone? It's untickled, but I'm interested. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's start with Ryan Tannehill. I think we all had better expectations for him going into the season. Currently sitting at QB 18. I don't know how to feel about him. I I know he's been without Julio and AJ Brown for chunks of the season here. And they're just literally piling everybody on Derrick Henry's back and just letting him carry the team. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much longer that can last, especially if the Titans are planning on making any sort of playoff push especially with the the 17th game in the regular season. Now, can you afford to have Derrick Henry get beat up even more so than normal? And I know we all know he's a superhuman he and really prob- is. Um, he's God, he's amazing, <laughs> but you know, I, I think at some point they're going to have to lighten the load on Derrick Henry to try to save him a little bit for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like to think that there's going to be more passing and, and more involvement there for that offense. So Ryan Tannehill should do better as the season progresses here, but I can't say I'm hundred percent confident in that, in that take either. Yeah. Here's my concern with Ryan Tannehill. 
because um, yeah, I, you know, you just assumed he would stay as efficient as he's been the last two years because he's been hyper efficient. Like volume was never his game. He wasn't going to pass, you know, 40, 50 times a game mm-hmm. like some of these quarterbacks would do. It was always efficiency and his touchdown efficiency was really high and he'd rush for a couple every once in a while. And then Arthur Smith, the Titans offensive coordinator, coordinator left this year. And we thought, well, but they brought in Julio Jones. He's good. Like, he's always only had one mm-hmm. good receiver. Sorry, Corey Davis. He had A.J. Brown and then, you know, Corey Davis. But now they have Julio. And like you said, Julio's been banged up. He's missed some time. A.J. Brown has been banged up or dealing with the Chipotle runs. And he's missed <laughs> some time. Uh, but there, I do think there is a fallacy of just assuming that if and when Tennessee breaks away from Derrick Henry and running him into the ground, that Tannehill is going to make up for that because he's going to get the passing volume and everything's going to be fine because it's going to shift to Tannehill. Can mm-hmm. Tannehill throw enough in a good way? <laughs> like, Can he actually throw well enough where it really matters that much if he gets an extra six to seven pass attempts in a game? If they shift away from Derrick Henry, does that negate a whole bunch of their first downs that they now get because Derrick Henry's a beast who just trudges for first downs constantly? And is is Tannehill actually going to see a significant benefit from that? And I, I don't know. I don't know that he will. And that's why I'd be scared to go trade for Tannehill right now. I'm personally not doing that. I'm just kind of waving goodbye to Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, all good points, Jake. Um, and again, I just I don't know exactly how to feel about this. I think he could be, but yeah, I just I don't have a lot of faith either. Um, how about you? Do you have a quarterback that you're looking at? If there's if there's anybody <laughs> that you should be trying to trade for right now, in my humble opinion, it is one Trey Lance, San Francisco currently has a really interesting option and this could or could not bear fruit before the trade deadline comes to pass but trey lance was spent a very high first round draft pick Mm -hmm. to acquire for the 49ers and they had jimmy garoppolo there and we knew that he was probably going to get the initial starts Mm -hmm. i thought he'd be out of the picture by now he's not there are performed fairly well He's been reasonable. I mean, for mm-hmm. real NFL purposes, he's been reasonable, which has mm-hmm. always been, he's never been bad. It's just right. like, how many games are you going to win if with him just being reasonable? Right. But there's enough teams in the NFL right now that need a reasonable quarterback that don't have one, mm-hmm. that they could come calling for Jimmy Garoppolo pretty easily. And if you're San Francisco and you spent the number three overall pick on Trey Lance, at this point in time, maybe you think that he's good enough to start. And maybe he's good enough to start even if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't get traded. Yeah, it's a high-risk, high-reward proposition because he could hypothetically sit the rest of the year, Trey Lance. He mm-hmm. might sit on the bench the rest of the year behind Garoppolo. But he might get the start as soon as two weeks from now. And if he does, it doesn't matter how good he is for real-life fantasy or real-life football. Because for fantasy, he's going to be a stone-cold killer. Mm -hmm. Uh, The rushing yards alone and the weapons that he has to work with alone, uh, George Kittle, come back. We miss you. Um, (laughs) He will be 
really, really good. And so that's one, you know, even redraft, if he's on waivers, I'm picking him up to stash if you have the space. But for the really impatient dynasty managers, you can go send an offer to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, one other quarterback before we finish up with uh, running backs here. I, I feel like this is an obvious one, uh, and that's Tua mm. from the Dolphins. I mean, he's he's come back. He seems to be relatively healthy. I know it's still a pain management issue with his his ribs, but he's he's been playing lights out the last couple of weeks. He has that connection with Waddle that we love to see. It looks like he has a good connection with Gusecki. Uh, that's been blossoming and coming on. And then as soon as, you know, some of the other weapons come back, like Will Fuller, Preston Williams, you know, they, they have a chance to be a fairly potent offense. They're, they're not running the ball nearly as much as we thought they would. Uh, Cause Miles Gaskin is not a thing or any of the other five running backs on their squad. So I think Tua, <laughs> I, I mean, from what we've seen the last couple of weeks, I think he's worth a look and could help, um, the rest of the season he absolutely will the the question is a two-parter for me he just did so well last week that is the person who has them going to be reasonable in what they would True. allow you to trade for him for because he was the mm-hmm. quarterback one he's the quarterback three over the last two weeks combined mm-hmm. and two and here's where maybe they allow that to happen is because the deshaun watson trade rumors and the Texans getting in the mix and saying we're going to trade, we're going to try and trade him to Miami, even though Miami, to their part, has come out and discredited that, saying mm-hmm. that's not true. Maybe with that lingering, you could use that to undercut <laughs> how good he's been right. the last couple of weeks. Maybe, maybe I don't know. Good question. I don't, I don't have the answers, Jake. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nor should you have to. I put you. I put you in a bind there. But I do think that, yeah, if oh, your outlook are... is such, go go get him. You know, mm-hmm. where where you are not even desperate for quarterbacking, but let's say a, hype, a, a hypothetical super flex league, you have one startable, consistent mm-hmm. quarterback, and then you've got a couple of guys that you're cycling through. Tua can be an incredibly solid number two for you. Hmm. Absolutely. I like that. So you like finish. that? You like that? It's my yes. best Kirk Cousins. I do like that, Kirk. Thank you. Um, let's finish off with running backs here. Okay. Do, do you have anyone you want to start off with, Jake? Uh, no, because running backs are gross. And if you have somebody with a pulse, they should probably already be on your roster because that's that's how you're going to win your week. <laughs> uh yeah i mean just scrolling through the list here i mean all the guys that you want to go up i mean here here's one i'm just gonna throw this one out here someone that i think could be attainable i think is probably undervalued and and will have fantasy value for you and probably at minimum a flex play uh, but definitely someone that you can plug in as a starter on your bye weeks coming up. Okay. Jamal Williams. Hmm. He's That's currently currently running back 26 on the season. Sure. You know, he's he's putting up high end running back three numbers. 
Here, my concern, man, you know how much I was uh, fist pumping from Jamal Williams this offseason and telling people like, I don't know, I'd be cautious about DeAndre Swift because Jamal Williams is better than people give him credit for, which I still maintain is true. But with Jamal Williams, what you got was week one, he was like the running back three or running back four, something outrageous. And then since then, he's just been kind of ghosted. He's been the running back 41 in the, the weeks since then. Mm-hmm. What I love about it is everybody's getting hurt. Everybody's getting injured. And DeAndre Swift is constantly on the injury report every single week. Mm-hmm. He's played through it. it. It should probably just be a maintenance thing uh, for DeAndre Swift. And they're just keeping out of practice because they want him to stay healthy. Right. Right. But the in the advent that DeAndre Swift goes down, I don't think there's anybody left who hasn't already gotten called up to the starting spot that would be better as a handcuff than Jamal Williams right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I love him as a starter for you until that happens, but you're desperate at running back as everybody is. I I don't hate it because his rushing attempts have been right in line with DeAndre Swift's. They have been a 50, 50 split with rushing attempts. It's just Williams hasn't gotten the targets. Uh, maybe cause I overestimated how good of a pass catcher he was or underestimated how good of a pass catcher Swift is. Mm-hmm. And then what about Naheem Hines? Like he's, he's getting about, like eight to nine touches per game between rushes and receiving. We know he has that receiving upside uh, that we saw mm-hmm. last year from him. Uh, he's, he's currently way down on the running back list. Um, oh, I had yeah. to scroll so far. I, I totally miss him. He's 53 overall right now. So I think he's an interesting ad again, someone that's not going to be a starter for you, but someone that you could plug in for a flex play or for a bi-week fill in if, if you need it. Because I think he has a fairly safe floor, but he also has those games that we know he can pop off with. Yeah, because he gets that six-target game, that eight-target mm-hmm. game where he's utilized. And, and maybe a large part of that is due to the shambles of the receiving core in Indianapolis, too. Mm-hmm. And if they're especially banged up, then Hines gets to step in and kind of play hero a little bit. One nice thing that you should look forward to. Hopefully Marlon Mack has been on the trade block in the NFL, basically since the season kicked off Colts have just come out right and said like, yes, we want to move him. He wants to move somewhere. So Marlon, just a matter of time should be gone. And Mm -hmm. in the event that Marlon Mack is gone, of course, those touches are going to get distributed to Jonathan Taylor and to Naeem Hines. So Hines could see an uptick based off of that. Uh, he, yeah, he's just a flex guy and it's hard mm-hmm. to shake a stick at flex guys right now with, with the way the running back position is. Can I say one other one to yeah. throw out for running back? Absolutely. Just because I've been really impressed. Um, AJ Dillon, uh, yeah. Homer pick for sure. Packers guy backing up Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones, I thought was going to see a lot more work than he has. If I'm being quite honest. Like I thought Dylan was going to get the goal line work. Jones was going to get all the passing work and, you know, both could be relevant, but Aaron Jones was going to be the guy Mm -hmm. there. AJ Dylan is out there 
doing the work, catching passes, disproving yeah, that theory that he's he's not going to be that guy. You know, people were comping him to Derrick Henry Light, mm-hmm. and, and not just because of those magnificent quads that he has. Oh, man thigh. But also because he doesn't get he doesn't get the the passing work, and and I admit I thought the same thing. Like he's competent, but he's not going to get a ton. Yeah, he's caught ten of twelve passes so far this season. For him, that's magnificent. And considering the state of affairs with the uh, Packers, especially mm-hmm. now, um, mm-hmm. he could see an uptick in that. And, and I think the mode for Lafleur is going to be use both these backs. Keep him healthy. He's another flex option for you mm-hmm. that has touchdown upside. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Okay. I feel good about talking about some of those underperforming players or value players that you can go after here. Um, Jake, yeah. let's get ready to close out the show here. Um, give me your start of the week. Let's. W- why not keep this Packers train on the tracks? Why Am not? I right. In advance of this horrible Thursday night game that we were so excited about a mere 24 hours ago before it was announced, we didn't say at the top of the show, but of course, Devontae Adams going to be out. He's on the COVID list. Alan Lazard is going to be out. He's on the COVID list. So who knows who else is going to get on the COVID list here? Well, and that, (laughs) I mean, a real concern too. And you, you should watch that here. Uh, obviously, this won't very closely Wednesday, but as you're going through, especially Thursday morning, like even the potential might be there for other guys to get on that list. Hopefully they don't. But with those two guys out, here's what I'm expecting. I so badly wanted to call Aaron Jones my start of the week. And I was like, that's too, that's lame. Even though he's underperformed to a lot of people's expectations, that's still way too obvious. I'm not going to go with Aaron Jones here. Instead, I'm going to go with the biggest, the Bobbest, Big Bob Tunyon. This week, uh, tight end help, it's everything. You need it. You love a good streaming tight end. And this week <laughs> in this matchup, there's there's no better option uh, for me than Robert Tunyon. So last year, flashback to 2020, Big Bob was the top of the chain when it came to uh, passer rating for an individual player on the receiving mm-hmm. end. He gave Aaron Rodgers the highest passer rating for any player that was targeted. The trust is there. I talked about the offensive line woes. That's the one thing that could that could give a hiccup here. But based on the practicality that Devontae Adams isn't catching touchdowns, Alan Lazard, who had a nice one last week, isn't catching touchdowns, Bob is in line for if at least one touchdown and a handful of targets when they're able to shake him free. Uh, no disrespect to big dog Mercedes Lewis. Who's been active in the tight end game for the Packers, but I do think this is a Tunyon game going against a beatable Cardinals uh, defense when it comes to tight ends. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's um, I like that. And it's funny. I was going to put Aaron Rodgers as my start of the week, just because I feel like this is one of those games. He's going to be like, fuck you guys. I can prove it (laughs) going against an undefeated team in the NFL. I'm going to prove that I don't need my number one wide receiver and I'm still going to sling the ball all over the field and crush you. 
I feel like it You're could right. be one of those games. But I, alas, I did not go with with the homer pick of of uh, Aaron Rodgers here. Um, <laughs> I chose Adam Thielen going against Dallas. Dallas is secondary um, outside of Diggs is not very good. And I have a feeling Diggs is going to be paired up against Justin Jefferson all week, all week, all game, uh, probably shadowing him since Justin Jefferson is the de facto number one on that team, which means Adam Thielen is going to have much, much more favorable matchups the rest of the game. And let's be honest, Thielen is still balling out. He's still looking great. And I think this is going to be a Thielen week. And Dallas has the 27th rated defense against the pass. So they're not very good in general, like I said, outside of digs. So, so yeah, that's why Adam Thielen is my start of the week. I hate to admit I love it because, you know, I Adam know. Thielen, he was supposed to be bad this year. And then I know. It didn't work out. <laughs> it worked out for him. He's been great this year. That's it hasn't right. worked out for me because he, he, he has been. And I was the idiot detractor. <laughs> All right, Jake, one last thing here. Yeah. Do you have a beer bet for the week? It's your turn. B- buddy. I, I chose, I chose uh, uh, Tua and Matt Ryan last week. Oh, you did? Yeah, you rubbed it in my face a little yeah. bit because Matt Ryan was my your uh, start, start of the, of the week. week. And yeah. it felt like a, a bad omen, and I should have recognized that. I, I would like to do um, – maybe it's gross, but there's two guys – who get to play against each other for wide receivers who've been on the decline lately, Calvin Ridley and the Falcons are going up against DJ Moore and the Panthers. Ridley has been on the decline for fancy production for the entire mm-hmm. season. DJ Moore, the last three games for him have just not been up to what we saw to start the season. So both are in a rough place. One of them has a much better matchup than the other. But I will throw it to you, DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley. Oof. Oof. Not easy Jay. for you. No. Wow. Is it because it's just gross? Are you grossed out so much by the, the thought of both of them? I have a it's, backup I can throw out if no, you, no, if no, you no, really no. can't I mean, I, I think I'll take DJ Moore. Fair. All right. Lock it in, sir. Lock it in. You are representing the DJ Moore side of things. I will take Calvin Ridley and hope that the target distribution pays off this week in a big way going against Carolina. And this is just straight up PPR points, correct? Just PPR points straight across the board. Perfect. Uh, One last quick here before we sign off, Jake. Uh, Message from the chat. Thoughts on Kadarius Tony. This is from Matt, a different Matt, I, I might add. It's Mattapalooza out here today. I don't it hate is. it. Uh, now, I, I'm assuming that he's talking about Kadarius Tony for this week coming off of the injury. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit dicey there. Uh, of course, assuming everything's good and Tony gets the start here this week, it, it's impossible for me to sit him unless I have studs mm-hmm. across the board at the wide receiver position. The only thing that worries me slightly is that is a Monday night game. So if for some reason he has a setback, you don't really have a lot to pivot to on, on Monday night. Uh, if you have to pick up someone 
who are you going to drop? Do you want to drop Tony then at that case um, off your squad? Possibly because that's the only player still available on your team that hasn't played yet. So, I mean, that gives me a little bit of pause. Uh, I would just keep an eye on it going into Sunday morning, what the news is on him. And if he's trending on playing, if you mm-hmm. feel confident about it, then yeah, you, you have to start him because he's going to get peppered with targets. Now, for, to tie it back into the theme of our episode here in terms of guys who you could go out and potentially trade for, he's a guy who will be a top 25 guy easily going forward. Beyond that, I don't know. Um, you know, it could be game script dependent, but he's still a guy I'm very, very interested in acquiring in Dynasty. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up, Jake. Do you feel good about this? I'd feel better if Devontae Adams was starting for Green Bay this week. I know. I know, me too, but that's (laughs) that's how the cookie crumbles. Considering that, I'm good. I'm as good as I can be. All right. So this, folks, is your weekly reminder to go out and check your waiver wire uh, to see who was dropped because you never know in a panic who your league mates could be dropping, especially with these bye weeks. Uh, we only have two teams on bye this week. Thankfully, it's Baltimore and the Raiders. So don't start any of those uh, uh, players because you'll get zero points from them. But yeah, go out and check your waiver wire because you never know who's going to get dropped, uh, what players out there with all the injuries and everything. So you might find a, a gem out there. Uh, Jake, why don't you tell folks before we leave here where folks can find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. And you can find me at FF Dusty Dog, and you can find the podcast at Drinking Fantasy. Please go out, give us a rate and review wherever you can do that for your podcast. We really appreciate it. It helps people find us much more easily when they're searching for fantasy football podcasts. So um, we'd love the support. Go out and support us. We can't thank you enough. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.